0: What's up, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Era the Casual. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Era and Hyde show. Hyde, how you doing, buddy?
1: Well, you can no longer introduce me as the beautiful bearded man, so I'm a little upset about that. For those of um, you that
0: uh, don't know what happened, you should, by the way, twitch.tv slash Hide Unleashed. This man decided that he was going to set a $100 dono goal... To shave off his beard and uh, a gracious, gracious viewer tipped him $100 on the spot and now yep. Hyde looks 10 years younger.
1: Shout out to Insane.
0: Shout out to Insane. I'm, I'm uh, Dude, I'm just telling you, every time people ask me what it would take to shave my facial hair or my head, I'm like 500 bucks. And that seems high to some people, but you have to understand, I, I don't know what I look like without this goatee because I've I had can, this since I was 17.
1: <laughs> I can understand shaving the head, but I think $100 was, was good for a beard. I mean, obviously, maybe I shot a little low. Like, my goal was setting 100 especially because <clears throat> Dono goals, as you know, are like the least profitable revenue for streamers, surprisingly, um, at least on Twitch. So, and so I don't get a lot of regular tonos. So I thought 100 was good because it's not like too cheap to where someone can just knock it out of the park or at least that's what I thought, or it's not too expensive to where it's like unachievable. So I thought $100 over the course of a week would be a good goal. Um, and then Insane donated $100 and one go. <laughs> and now my girlfriend hates me.
0: <laughs> no, she your girlfriend
1: me- hates Insane. No, she gets me too she was mad at me she's like why didn't you set it higher why didn't you ask for your approval i'm your i'm your manager i'm just like god damn it does she manage your body too yeah apparently <laughs> that well, sounds she, dirty well, she, she, she said it's it's my public image she said i i should have come to her before i changed my public image i missed my opportunity
0: to do like a creepy grin into the camera when i said does she manage your body too
1: <laughs> I mean, she can if she wants i mean i'm paying her fat stacks are you I give her. I actually give her ten percent of all of my uh my Twitch earnings. Oh,
0: that's well that's low for a manager.
1: Oh yeah, I know. But uh, but also like I don't make a lot of money on Twitch. <laughs> so, so it's like here you go, go get a couple cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: here, Got honey, to- you can have anything you want off the dollar menu. It's your day.
1: <laughs> Except a drink. Don't get a drink. You gotta get water. Yeah, <laughs> Just like that. But um yeah, it, it's weird. Like I keep looking in the mirror and I don't recognize myself. It's going to be weird streaming later today. Um, I don't hate it as much as I thought, like I was super nervous going into it. And she, when, when she was, um, obviously shaving it off. Uh, but it's, it, the most thing, it, it's just strange. Like I don't dislike it, but it's like, I go to touch my face to like itch my beard or whatever. Or, and it's just like, well, where to go? Um, but, but she said, I think I mentioned to you this earlier before recording. She said, um, before you looked like uh, you had your shit together. Now you look like you live with your parents. And I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I'm am doing all right. I mean, it's been kind of a it's been kind of a a rough week with a lot going on. Uh, so streams have kind of been in like standby mode, really passive. Uh, but now everything's calming down. and Hopefully, I can get back into the content workflow, start pumping out everything again.
0: Right. You know. It- you were saying dono goal and i said dono goal as well but i've recently changed my dono panel to tip instead of dono because i've realized that like i am not a charity like i don't want people to donate money to me because i'm a charity case i'm doing this because Mm -hmm. i'm trying to entertain people and if they're entertained and inclined to give me they want to financially give me something beyond subscribing i really ask people to be subscribed more Mm -hmm. than i do tipping because you get something out of it but if you want to tip me you are giving me a tip for entertaining you. Like, you're not donating to a server at a restaurant for serving you. You're tipping them for their service. Like, I like the idea of calling content the same thing, that you're tipping me not donating.
1: I know in some countries, they're not allowed to use the term donation on stream, and so they have to do tip. So that was really weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's a better it sounds like almost the same thing but it's like and we're so ingrained in streaming culture to say dono that it's just natural it's not really an issue to me but i think that it just for me personally that's what fits more and i find it to be like it could be a rabbit hole kind of conversation because Mm -hmm. it's very subtle but there is a difference in what i think when i hear dono versus what i think when i hear tip
1: I mean, on, on my page, I have it. I have the word set as tip, but like you said, just streamer culture. I think of it as dono. How have you been? It hasn't um, been a while since we talked.
0: I'm working on my setup tour video. I was actually filming and editing a roll uh, when you got home and said you were ready to record this. So I yeah, your
1: uh, your setup tour.
0: Yeah, you know how important you are, Hyde, because like I stopped editing a video to come and do this with you. So that then I have more footage that I have to edit afterwards. You're making my job hard, Hyde. That's what's happening right now.
1: I mean, that's my job. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the lazy meme machine. You're the professional.
0: <laughs> really? I'm yeah. the professional? That's that's not saying much for either of us.
1: <laughs> well, hell yeah, dude. You know what you're doing. I'm just, like, pretending what I'm doing.
0: No, nah, that's not true at all. <laughs> A- anyone listening, like, go to Hyde stream and just type asterisk hug asterisk. Because it sounds like Hyde needs a hug today.
1: <laughs> Man, it's been a rough week. <clears throat> yeah,
0: I mean, I've got like personal stuff going on, I'm not at liberty to discuss. That's a little bit unnerving, but I'll say that like where I am today in my life at almost 27 years old versus where I was at 23 when I started my business. When I, Well, when I started my retail, when I started the shop. Um, the way that I'm handling this situation now is much better than the way I would have handled it back then. And that's like something I can be grateful for today. I'm not at liberty to say what's going on and it bothers me because I have to be so vague, but at the same time, it's like there could be negative implications to what's going on um, Mm -hmm. between me and somebody else, but being able to look at a situation and remove myself from it and see things from the other person's perspective and also not going to my first reaction, which would be to get super angry has been a godsend because there's much less headache I'm having to deal with on a day-to-day and I could just focus on getting through this rough time.
1: Taking a moment to respond logically rather than emotionally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's kind of like listening, you know, like you and I interrupt each other a lot and it's kind of a joke on this now, but I always do my best to listen to understand before I listen to respond. If I respond mm-hmm. immediately, um... Somebody told me, and I don't think this is always true, but someone once told me that if I'm immediately talking after you're done talking, that I stopped listening to you like five seconds before I started talking because I started thinking about what I wanted to say. Uh, And I've Mm -hmm. tried to be better about that. And that's actually like a skill that I think is beneficial for people and content because Mm -hmm. we put a lot of emphasis on being vibrant people and always talking. But there are times where there's going to be a little bit of silence where like you're reading what chat says or someone that you're hanging out with while you're gaming says something like Mm -hmm. it could be crucial for you to sit and listen and think for a second before you just rattle off, especially Mm -hmm. with chat, because we can't hear tone. So we don't know if someone's saying something in a trolley way or in a funny way or in an angry way or if they're going through something and they need help or something like that.
1: Interpret things. Yeah. Yeah. On the topic of... uh Kind of unrelated, but on the topic of people in chat, um, I've also discovered that if you as a streamer, if you're constantly focusing on yourself, uh, sometimes you kind of run out of energy and you run out of like content to produce while you're while you're playing a game. But like I've noticed, if, if you have a really interesting group of friends you're playing with, like I was playing with my friend George, and he's just totally bombastic and silly and funny, and of course Jason. Um, Sometimes chat can be really into that sort of the back and forth of like the squad and the friends bickering with each other. Um, so it's not always a good thing to totally like dominate a conversation as a as a content creator and as a streamer.
0: No, if you're streaming like solo queue games, of course you have to. You have to be very talky. But I've always found it that the content for me, at least, is better when I'm playing with other people because I can play off of those people, and especially since they always know that I'm streaming. You know. They play Mm -hmm. off of me as well, and they become almost characters in my show, like Tyler and Sane, those people that I play with all the time, are just as much a part of the show as I am now. Like Their voices are something chat expects to hear, and I actually find that when I make everything less about myself and more about either who I'm playing with or who I'm talking to in chat you know, chat Mm -hmm. becomes more active and it becomes a much more positive and flowing experience for everybody. If I'm just talking Mm -hmm. about myself, I'm not that. I'm like, I I think I live a pretty interesting life, but I can't talk about my life for eight hours every time I go live. Eventually you're
1: going to run out of stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, you become redundant almost. You have to be able to... That's why I wish a lot of streamers, like it's something that I want to do more of is like improv, taking improv classes, you know, I think would be so crucial for me. That would be so cool because... Mm -hmm it gives you the ability to play off of what's being said around you and to you a little bit better than i could now you know Mm -hmm. it would it would allow me to be a little bit more on the spot funny about things (laughs) absolutely (laughs) which for my content you know i i'm i have i tend to think that i have pretty i go between dry humor and over the top humor so it'd be good to find the middle ground of improv (laughs) in there
1: I think you were to the best when you said characters like I remember I was listening to I don't know if it was on our podcast or one of the streams but music was talking about how you can think about a stream and a channel as almost like a TV show right so like when Mixer shut down it was like the walking Dead is still a thing it's still a show it's just moving to a different network. Um <clears throat> And sort of that analogy got me thinking of, of when you said "uh, characters, like the people you play with can be characters on our quote-unquote TV show. um, And I, I think you should embrace that. It shouldn't be all about yourself.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, man. Like, It's such vague advice to say always be talking when you're talking to someone mm-hmm. who's just getting into streaming because you can't physically always be talking. Yeah. <laughs> like eventually you'll just be rambling about nothing and that's almost as unentertaining as dead silence. Like if I can't well, follow it, what you're talking about or there's no place for me to enter something because you're just talking about yourself constantly, uh it becomes a little bit difficult to communicate and you know, chat is such an integral part for small streamers because building those relationships is the, is building the foundation of the house that they're eventually going to live in, which is their stream community, the people who show up to watch every time. So almost building relationships and learning about the people in your early days of being a streamer is critical because you know how to talk to people, people know how to talk to you, and they build a little bit of a rapport with you versus, you know, when you get up to a point of having like 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 viewers, you can't possibly keep up with everyone there. And it becomes less of a individual conversation and an individual relationship building exercise to more More of a a true broadcast of entertainment
1: hmm yeah um i feel like that, that's a skill a lot of streamers lack or don't think of the most they'll just be like hey man how you doing but if you can really get to know your viewers and talk to them and see if you can find something they're passionate about and have conversations uh with them about those things um that can really engage them and, and bring them back because m- most novice streamers will either just talk about themselves or talk about the video game when you shouldn't be talking to and about your viewers at that stage
0: yeah, and you can make it a mix. I'm not. We're not saying to never talk about video yeah. the video game you're playing, but if you're like really good, like you're really good at Siege, while you're playing, you can talk about why you're making decisions because you're a diamond level Siege player, and people who are mm-hmm. in lower elo can learn something from you, and that gives you mm-hmm. entertainment value. For someone like me, that wouldn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. As far as like the not how you doing enough, question, yeah. like hey man, how you doing? Question is like for one it's redundant everyone asks that question for two it doesn't leave a lot in terms of response it doesn't leave room for that because that's a yes or no a good or bad question like i'm Mm -hmm. doing good or i'm doing bad you know and most people are just gonna say good regardless of if they're doing bad or not you know right when you say hey man how how are you doing what were you up to today that leaves Mm -hmm. that That leaves them into talking about themselves because now they can say, oh, I went to work. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I do this. Oh, cool. Or, oh, I went to school. Oh, are you studying in university? Are you in high school? What are you doing? Oh, I'm studying this. Oh, really cool. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. And it it leaves, it can build and build and build. And you then direct that person into talking, which directs them into thinking oh, this person's cool, and they build, start to build that relationship. And then you can get them to join your Discord to keep talking to you and start making friends inside of your community. You can lead them to Twitter. You can lead them to YouTube. You can lead them to wherever you need them to go. You know, that is the mm-hmm. meta for streaming as a small creator is relationships. And that is something right. I think is not touched on a lot. You know? Mm-hmm. There is Absolutely. plenty of good advice, but I don't think that's how everything is... Um, God, how, how should I put this? There's... There's plenty of good advice out there, but that's a piece of advice I think is left out.
1: I think the the unique thing about streaming when you're giving advice though, is like all of it is irrelevant to what stage the streamer is in. The same advice for a one viewer streamer, it does not apply to a streamer with 20 viewers. You know what I mean? Because at that one viewer stage, you're just, you're just focusing on trying to get three people. That's your main goal to get a consistent three viewers just so you can get affiliate. Um, but as you grow, you you have to adjust strategies. It's not just do this one thing, right? Like you're not going to make it to the top by, uh, pulling up a tab of yourself to give yourself an extra viewer on Twitch, um, or putting a cool overlay up. Like it's all relevant to what stage you're in.
0: Right. And you know, everyone goes through those growing pains, but I think that, you know, the first six to 12 months of your creation process you know, and I'm going to eventually make videos specifically about this, but I think that the first like six to 12 months of being a streamer slash content creator is figuring out what your content even is. Who are you? B, I like competitive first person shooters, but I do not have the skills to reach like the super high ELO that people want to see. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy games like Fall Guys Among Us and stuff like that. And we're going to get into the Fall Guys thing here in a little bit. But, you know, the meta, my meta, my personal framework of what works is being a variety streamer and playing a lot of different games and trying out new games because the first impression stuff for me i i tend to like get super excited about something when i first experience it so capturing mm-hmm. that is a much is more beneficial and yeah. it's much better content than me just playing valorant or siege all day every day
1: mm-hmm. because it's kind of like ooh new toy piece of candy like people people like seeing the the excitement and, and the and the and the jazz and the passion for when you first try something for the first time.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like starting a band, even like as someone who came from music. Like you have to figure out what genre fits your writing style. You know, it's very mm-hmm. hard for someone like me, who's very into writing, very ambient post-hardcore slash metalcore, to start writing like thrash metal. You know, mm-hmm. like the style is completely different. It's hard for me to go and play jazz or classic rock or something like that. It's very similar for streaming because what works for somebody like you might enjoy playing Fortnite, but let's be real. If you're not high up on the leaderboard or playing with people that are high up on the leaderboard in Fortnite, you don't, you're not any different than the other people in the Fortnite category. There's nothing that sets you apart. And even then like video games, like, yes, we're all playing video games here and trying to get paid to do it. But video games are such a small part of your stream and the way you play the game becomes more important like Mm -hmm. if i just sit there and play fall guys like my fall guys stream yesterday was an absolute success for me if i were to just Mm -hmm. sit there and just be like oh i'm playing fall guys and just play there quietly that's not very entertaining Mm -hmm. but i'm like screaming and raging and jumping up and down and like getting out of my chair and dancing around like that becomes interesting content so like it doesn't matter what game i'm playing you have to like figure out a way to make content out of whatever game you're playing. You can't let mm. your game be the content. It has to almost be your backdrop, your green screen, your set, like your set, whatever.
1: Right. And and speaking of uh, Fall Guys and improvisation too, um, earlier you are talking about how you got to be, you know, a lot of streamers think they need to be really good at a game to be successful. Well, look at Tim the Tatman. He sucks. It took him like a week to get a crown on Fall Guys. And if anything, that actually helped him, that propelled him to popularity with Fall Guys. He's like 500,000 viewers because he was bad at it. Being statistically
0: the worst player in a game made him the most viewed person on Twitch. mm Mm-hmm. Although there was so so much funny content that came out of that. Like, did you see Dr. Lupo's Dear Tim, here's how you win at Fall Guys video? No, I didn't. Oh, you should 100% watch it. Essentially what it was was it's Dr. Lupo commentating over a game where he gets a win while explaining to Tim how to win at Fall Guys. He's basically like, Tim, do what I do. Don't do what you do. Normally you would do that. You don't want to do that. You want to do this because this is what I do and I'm a winner. <laughs> it's just him. <laughs> it's basically him just making fun of Tim's inability it's to win at Fall Guys know. for like 10 minutes.
1: But, but I think I think Tim is a good example of that because I wouldn't say Tim is bad at video games, but he's not like a crack shot like Nick Merckx or Dr. Disrespect or Ninja. He's He's above average compared to the average gamer. Um, but he's he's pretty much normal. So I guess my point is your, your skill in a video game is completely irrelevant to your success as a content creator, in my opinion at least, unless, of course, the focus on your content is like how to get good, uh, but you really need to be like top 1% good for that to work. Um, but even that and- most
0: of those people that are that good are also entertaining people. You know, like yeah. Summit and Shroud, those guys are gods at any first person shooter but they're also entertaining to watch you know shroud has a very mellow energy to him but he. i would
1: say shroud is interesting because i hope he never sees this but he's kind of low-key boring like he doesn't provide a lot of personality content like he's just like all right guys today i'm gonna play some valorant and then in two seconds he gets like 45 aces and he's like GG, easy, nice warm-up. Like, that's kind of Shroud's thing. But, like, his his skill is just so through the fucking roof that it, like, it just propels him. And then Summit, like, he's, he may not be as good as Shroud, but he is really fucking good, like, pro level. Um, And on top of that, he brings, like, a funny personality. And I would say Summit, like, compared to other streamers of his size, he also still tries to interact with chat. Like, he still talks to people.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't miss like a sub a or a tip or bits or anything. He doesn't miss any of that. And that's an important thing, too, is like you can't miss stuff like that. You Especially when you're small, you can't miss followers. You can't miss subs. You can't miss bits. You can't miss tips. Like, you mm-hmm. can't do that. You have got mm-hmm. to acknowledge every single person that wants to support you and chooses to do so. And even mm-hmm. as you grow, even if you get to the point of having, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand viewers, you still need to thank those people because guess what? nothing is permanent you are not immune to what has happened to a lot of partners on this platform uh you are not invincible and that can mm-hmm. all be taken away from you if you forget that those people that are watching you and tipping subbing gifting bits whatever are the people that have gotten you to the point where you're at yeah. you know, of course just the as, hard work pays you off those
1: viewers, you can lose those viewers too yeah
0: just as fast as you build the house it can go up in flames overnight yeah but just forgetting to turn off your stove or something. And if you we call forgetting to turn off the stove, losing that level of gratitude. It's like, you, see it, a in, lot you see it in the eyes of a small streamer, you know? When, like, they get a new sub, it just lights up their eyes. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, oh my god! But then when you get to a certain point, it might just be you get desensitized to it, but you have so many subs and donos and stuff coming through that you become a little bit desensitized to it, but you can tell that the people at the very top are still grateful for it just as much as they were when they were small. And that mm-hmm. I think is what makes people keep coming back is that they know that they are appreciated for being there. Yeah. You know, they don't feel like they just, des- they don't feel like they deserve it. They just they don't
1: feel entitled.
0: Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. They don't feel entitled to it.
1: Like, uh, there's this one guy, I don't even know if he still streams like wings of redemption. Um, he he got to a point of entitlement where he was like begging for subs and he's like if you guys don't sub right now I'm going to roll an ad. And I'm just like bro what are you doing? <laughs> like like no wonder your channel's dying. Like you can't you can't just like beg and, and act like you you their their donations and their support like belong to you. Like they're supposed to give it to you. Like streaming is free content. That's the point. If if you want a steady income you shouldn't have picked streaming
0: right like that's that's a point that a lot of people miss too is that your focus should not be on crowdfunding crowdfunding is dangerous like it is Mm -hmm. real dangerous like you're not selling anything to people you are Mm -hmm. playing video games and giving them content to watch and entertainment is like you're selling something but at the same time um, when you have something that's free people don't necessarily have to support you that way there's other ways and other revenue sources that are stable as a creator that i think are, don't get touched on enough more people are You're worried giving... about how to get to you know how many subs they need every month to go full-time or how many tips they need or bits or whatever and while that stuff is cool i feel like that income should almost be considered like side hustle income compared to like your own individual products like digital products and merchandise or uh brand deals and such
1: Mm-hmm your content is completely free. The experience shouldn't same uh, shouldn't change, whether your viewers pay or not. Um, it's just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm entertaining you guys. Here's my content. Uh, it's completely free. Don't worry about it. Uh, but if you would like to support me, I appreciate it. But it's not required. That's the approach you should you should take to it. Um, and a lot of streamers, once they start kind of getting up there, they start feeling like, um, it belongs to them. Like you guys have to pay me yeah and that's when you get cases like people being like harassing their viewers if they don't sub and that's just disgusting i I hate there's a gnat in
0: my room and it is gonna bug me and i don't know where it came from
1: (laughs) sorry to interrupt you my dude
0: yeah it's asking me to sub that's what you were like if you're begging for subs you become the gnat in my bedroom
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) um you know i also think part of it is people look at twitch as like a get rich quick scheme you know oh god it looks easy right when you're watching some twitch for the first time you know nothing about it it looks like a dude just playing video games and that's it that's what it looks like but surface level that's what it is to a degree at the surface that's what it is
0: but as you go deeper and deeper through that iceberg oh lord it's it's there's way more below the water
1: all of the work that goes into it. You see the very the small
0: tip of here. the iceberg. You don't see the uh, what's below the surface until don't you dive into that happens.
1: world. Mm-hmm. And so I think a, a, a lot of that entitlement comes from people who got lucky streaming and got some growth. Um, and they remember all those other big streamers they watch who just had money flowing in. And they feel like, well, they're getting tons of money. Why aren't I? And they, instead, they want to blame the platform or their community rather than themselves
0: yeah absolutely man absolutely mm-hmm. um you know i i think about it this way when i first started the shop and this is a lesson for streamers because you know a big part of what i want to do is tell people how to take principles i have learned running what people would consider quote-unquote legitimate businesses to the content world to the streaming world um i I got news for y'all even if you start making a little bit of money off this your first year to two years of profit is going to get poured right back into it or should be getting poured right back into it and should be getting spent on things to make you more money and make your content better for your viewer not for you it shouldn't Mm. be making it more fun for you it should be making it better for your viewer whether it's upgrading your streaming rig so that you have a higher crisper image that's going out to everybody um paying for better internet you know buying something like a stream deck so that you can get into higher levels of production value by adding sound effects and visual effects and all sorts of stuff. Um, If you don't know how to design stuff in like affinity or Photoshop or Apple motion or whatever that you're going to use, getting a designer to make better alerts and better overlays that make the experience cooler and crisper for your, viewer, or just like investing in developing some kind of product so that you can start building a foundation that isn't based on crowdfunding right and then after you do that and that stuff starts working out for you and that stuff starts paying off then you might get to see a piece of the pie but it's not like you know when you first get affiliate on twitch and you start getting subs that you should be worried about how many subs you're getting because you want to go buy a new keyboard or buy a new mouse or buy a new headset or something like that shouldn't be your focus you should work with what you have until you have the expendable income and your business doesn't need any more financial injection capital injection to um before you worry about buying stuff for yourself i guess is what i'm trying yeah, to say whenever you
1: have any money from streaming like you said it, the priority when you spend that money should be is this going to increase the entertainment value or the experience for the viewer it should never be is this going to make it more enjoyable for me right like oh i go, I got my fancy new rocco cat keyboard does that really make it better for your viewers no But does getting uh, a nice uh, mirrorless camera or a nice XLR uh, mic uh, make it better? Yes. You know, that's one
0: thing that I said in my setup video. um, Was, you know, I was talking about my camera and I was like, uh, I was being funny about it. I was like, oh, I got to tell you about my camera. Obviously, I can't show you because I'm using it to film right now. And then I go through my camera specs and then I say, Here's the thing, regardless of what camera you're using, you should be worried about good audio before you are worried about anything else because audio will make or break you, you know? If I have, yeah. you know, I like, I think I have a my, I have a micro four thirds camera, which some people are going to listen and go, oh my God, micro four thirds, get on that E-mount, bro. Ugh, Sony boys, hashtag Canon boys, like whatever. Mm-hmm. People obsess over full frame, which I'm actually thinking about, side note, I'm thinking about switching to full frame when I can afford to get the new Sony Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the new Sony camera that's coming out, the AS3, that thing looks so, so crispy. Well, Um, I like to think think about
1: audio and and, and video, like, um, not everyone who's watching your stream is actually watching your stream. Like you may have, let's say 15 viewers and seven or eight are actually actively watching. And some people are just have it on the background while they're doing something else. Right. But they hear you. So I think audio is more important. Yes. I think there's a minimum, like... Webcam requirement, like obviously you don't want it to look really small and look like shit and look really grainy and pixelated Yeah, but Um, some of
0: the biggest streamers are still using the c920 even though there's better options than that out there But that thing does the right job as long as your lighting's good What the point that I was making was that, you know, I can have the most beautiful webcam ever Like I think my camera looks really good. Um, I have a nice lens on it I have that macro lens so I get that nice wide angle that you don't get with webcams But that wouldn't matter if my audio was trash If my audio was bad it doesn't matter how pretty my webcam looks because at a certain point the webcam becomes a tiny little square in the bottom of the screen or on the side of the screen while you're gaming or doing whatever you're doing um but people are still hearing me and the audio like you said even if people aren't watching even if people can't quote unquote see me they can hear me and hearing me is so much more important than anything Because if I Mm have bad audio, people are just going to click away. If it's just screechy and cracky and there's plenty of peaking and such, or it's too quiet and people have to turn up the stream super loud to hear me, but then the game is like blowing their eardrums out through their headphones, like people aren't going to watch that. You know, it doesn't provide Mm -hmm. a good experience. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Although I wouldn't even recommend XLR mics anymore for people like well, on, was elgato is killing it now with that wave
1: like oh yeah the elgato i, I want to get my hands on that that thing looks nice i it want one nice.
0: like i don't want one yeah. to, i'm gonna i want one to do like a review of it and do a comparison between like i have an audio Technica 2035 xlr mic with the go xlr i want to do a side-by-side comparison of them and like set all of the settings exactly the same same eq same gain same noise gate same compressor same uh levels in my like eq i already said that that's redundant But and do a side by side comparison of what they sound like next to each other. Mm-hmm. Because the software that Elgato gives out with that wave actually has more features than the Go XLR. Yeah. Like, there are some features that you get with the Elgato that you don't get with the Go XLR right now. Independent channels so that you can control the volume that goes to your headphones. And the volume that goes to your stream on the fly inside of that software, mm-hmm. that is absolutely amazing. And the fact that you can lock those two so that they change at the same rate—you don't have to adjust them individually. You can adjust them, and they'll be at the same ratio. That is amazing. And I hope Go XLR implements that. But honestly, to implement that, Go XLR would either a have to have an addition to their software or B, put out a completely new addition to their hardware that gives you those extra channels. And Mm -hmm. that could get a little bit too complicated for some people. Whereas that software might just be super simple and it doesn't look Mm -hmm. overly complicated and I really want to play with it. And I'm ranting now. (laughs) It's okay. If you guys haven't figured out I'm an audio, I'm like an audio whore. Straight up. I I
1: I was looking on Twitter for something I wanted to show you, but I found this meme, um, It's from Destiny, and it has a helmet that says Mixer, and it's the one of the robots. I just saw that before (laughs) you called me. The description for short duration it offered stability, briefly granting a a tweet when it when it quits consumes one stack of lifespan activation. I like that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's accurate, man. Like I don't even uh, feel the need to talk about Mixer anymore because like it's it's that's a it's dead. It's been dead for a month now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of finally moving on from it, but I still like to shit on it sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's cool to, like, say that we're from Mixer, but at the same time, like we talked about with AMR, that hashtag MixerFam was over after, like, a week after the announcement.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I I almost feel like some people did that, for, like, started those hashtags for clout, which, of course, you know, farming engagement on Twitter is how you grow on Twitter, so I can't, like, fault those people for
1: it. One, but... one of my biggest pet peeves I've noticed on Twitter is whenever a hashtag is trending, like especially like the canceled ones, like it'll be like so-and-so canceled. You'll see people like especially K-pop fans posting K-pop content with that hashtag, but the content of the tweet is completely irrelevant to the hashtag. They're just doing that so they can get in the popular trending area. That bugs the shit out of me. (laughs) And I actually had a a viewer uh, talking to me about my Instagram. He's like, you need to use more hashtags. You need to use more popular hashtags. Like what? And he was like recommending like TV shows that were trending. I'm like, that has nothing to do with the content I'm posting. So like on I'd Instagram, rather-
0: that wouldn't work as well. On Twitter, you can get away with it a little bit better, but even Twitter's starting to filter it out, the Instagram algorithm will like shadow ban you for that. If you're using yeah. hashtags that your content is not relevant for, the Instagram algorithm will figure it out and shadow ban you and stop mm. showing your content to people anyway.
1: Well, for me, it's just integrity. Like, I think if you're drowning your post in hashtags, especially irrelevant hashtags, it, it looks like you have no confidence in your content. It looks like it, it becomes too apparent that you're just begging for engagement at that point. And I, 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 I don't want to stoop that low.
0: My rule on Instagram, um, which like my stream channel and my photography channel have been kind of lazy with, like I've been regularly posting on it, but I haven't been putting as much effort into that as I have other projects I've been involved with. Um my rule has always been Instagram allows 30 hashtags. I don't go above half of that. Like I like to do 15 because when you get to 30, you start having a little bit redundancy in your hashtags and who you're reaching anyway. So if you go to like 10 to 15 hashtags, you can pick super specific relevant hashtags to what you're doing. You can have a few super mega popular ones and then a few smaller ones and then some medium ones as well and you can hit all of your bases there without having to reach any level of redundancy. And it also will start to favor you in the algorithm if you can start ranking in the in those hashtags by, while posting fewer of them. It's like super mm-hmm. complex how that shit works. And I'm not like a social media expert by any means, but that's like a piece that's of information that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, and like not a lot of creators even take social media seriously, including YouTube, you know? I think it's like beating my head against this desk every time a new person comes in and is like how are you how, you're you're so much better at streaming than me and you like make youtube videos and you like post on instagram and twitter all the time like i don't do any of that and i'm like okay and now you wonder why no one knows who you are and no one cares like no one knows who i am and no one cares but more people know and care than you know someone who doesn't do those things why because you have to look at your stream and i say this all the time as the side hustle as the payoff for your hard work The majority of your working hours in content need to be put into YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you're going to make content. Because those platforms are discoverable. That is, quote unquote, your marketing. And that's where you need to put your focus, especially in the beginning. Literally
1: anything else other than Twitch.
0: Yeah. That's why I only stream three days a week now and my streams have been more successful. For one, the content's better because I'm not live as much. P- and pe- more people show up because they don't get me every single day. They don't you They're know- more
1: excited for it. Yeah. Because when, when you're part of their regular life, it's just like, maybe I'll stop by later. But when, when it's more rare, it's, it becomes more special. It's kind like of like that- you're a friend
0: that lives, acro- that moves across the country, you know? Like, it's not like you value them any more than you value someone that lives in town. But you don't go see the person that lives in town very much, even though they live there, because you can because see them, you can see you them whenever
1: you want. But that yeah.
0: person comes in from, like, let's say I live in North Carolina and I have a friend that lives in Seattle, and that friend from Seattle flies in. I'm dropping everything to chill because I don't get to see them as much. I don't have that access 24-7. And that's... um. A strategy for streaming that I actually looked at and it's been beneficial for me in that but also now I have more working hours to do this which is we don't have to like rush to do our podcast we can sit down when we're ready and we have good content every week to put it out as long as it's out by Friday and also what was I doing before this I wasn't streaming and then ending my stream early to go do this because you said you were ready I was filming YouTube stuff and starting to edit my a roll. And then you said, oh, I'm ready. And I said, oh, okay, cool. I can put this down, go record my podcast, get this ready to go, get this uploaded to G Drive so I can download it to my main computer. And then uh, I can go back to editing or I can go to work or do whatever I need to do. It just gives me more free time. It gives me more working hours to do other things, which is marketing. And that's what's most important when you were in the beginning stages of building a brand of content is marketing, which is getting your content out to as many people as possible and giving people a reason to care and even come to your stream. Because we already know if you just stream, like you're not gonna grow. It's very rare. I have a friend that grew without using other platforms that I might try to get on, uh, but he used other methods to grow, which I'm not, nothing bad. But what I'm saying is it doesn't happen very frequently anymore. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you get lucky. Um, there are strategies you can use while live on Twitch to grow a little bit more and to retain viewership and bring more people back. But more often than not, you are the rule, not the exception to the rule. And the rule still remains that if you want to grow here, you have to make content elsewhere. And that should be where the majority of your working hours are. And your stream schedule should reflect that.
1: hmm Yeah. Like I, I had a dude recently who he was asking, uh, we get this a lot is, Hey, I want to stream do you have any tips? Uh, how do I build a computer? All this stuff. And I was recommending him some budget stuff because, of course, he's on a budget. Um, and I, I get to the webcam part, and I, I recommend, of course, the the C920 um, and then a few other off-brand things if those were too expensive. Um, and he's like, what if I want to stream without a webcam? And I'm like, I really recommend streaming with a webcam. And he's like, but I know Swagger Soul streams without a webcam. He does successful. And I'm like, you're not Swagger Souls. And I, I kind of used what you said. I was like, you are... You are the rule, not the exception. Swagger Souls is the exception.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are not lyric. You are not Swagger. You are not mm-hmm. Trick Two G. Uh, we call him Trick Two Hairline in this household because the reason he doesn't stream with a webcam is because everyone bashes his his uh his his kind of weird hairline. Um, but you know, streaming with a reb, with a webcam, webcam everybody, a webcam is like the rule you were not that exception if like mm-hmm. like peeve is another good example peeve's is like a professional dark souls player essentially he doesn't stream with a webcam but other people in the dark souls category you need to have a webcam because it's another level of immersion between you and the viewer it's like them hanging out in your house at that point you know
1: right i think um i think a big part of it is again like uh earlier i was talking about how people see successful streamers and they think they should just copy them so if their favorite streamers are people without webcams they think they can make it too which i'm sorry to crush your dreams but those people are like a dime a dozen um most streams you see without a webcam don't do very well and it's not that they're bad streamers they may have other things that they're good at but a webcam is just a window into the experience of feeling like you're hanging out with that streamer, unless you just have a really interesting voice that somehow works better without a webcam.
0: Or you're really good at using like voice changers and stuff to make things super interesting. Yeah. Like, there's things Maybe. you could do, but still go with the Even rule, then, not I, the exception until him. you're proven that you're not the rule.
1: I told him, okay, well, if you're, if you're nervous to show your face, like a lot of streamers have like costumes, like they wear like a mask or something like that. Dr. respect has a whole get up um i know psycho plays like he does like a bandana and like face paint and all that um you can find ways to use a webcam without necessarily showing your face um a lot of people will do like the little um 3d models and stuff like that but you need you need something to engage with your viewers
0: yeah absolutely agree so now we get to this topic Which you and I were like discussing this a little bit and I said we're not talking about that anymore until we go live. The success of Fall Guys, my dude.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's blown up. Overnight.
0: It's amazing. Like it's super fun, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I probably wouldn't have bought that game. It's so interesting how like the marketing for video games is has shifted from like focusing on trailers and like high budget press conferences and exclusive you know, gameplay reveals and stuff to pay big streamers to play your game or get big streamers to play your game. You don't even have to pay them. Like look at Mm -hmm. Valorant. Valorant blew up because Twitch, they use Twitch drops um, to get big streamers to play the game. So they'd get more viewership that high viewership. And the fact that you had to watch Twitch and get hype about the game that you're watching in order to even get into the beta and play it meant that Valorant was a instant success and it has a huge player base now because of it fall guys did the same thing. They don't have any drops from what I understand. I don't think they do at least, um, if they do and I'm incorrect and I'm wrong and I'm about to get roasted in some comments, but, uh, the fact that all the big streamers are playing fall guys meant that everyone else decided they were going to go play fall guys because the big streamers made fall guys appealing to them. Mm -hmm. Because again, the personalities of the people playing the game were more important than the game itself. But because those people are so entertaining, now everyone's like, oh, I want to play Fall Guys. That's why I bought the game, because I watched Tim play Fall Guys a bunch and was like, you know what, I'll try it out, whatever. I bet I can be better than Tim at this. Uh, so far, yeah, that yeah. is. So far, that has not been proven true. Um, but either way, now I own Fall Guys and it's on my computer and I'm probably going to play it after this podcast because it's really fun.
1: Right. Uh, it, it, it's interesting because it's... Fall Guys had kind of a quiet release at first and then like a couple streamers picked it up and then a couple more picked it up and then Tim picked it up. (laughs) And, And it's gotten to this level where it had almost zero like traditional marketing in terms of like commercials and advertisements and stuff like that. It really is just the streamers who kind of carried it to popularity. I think a lot of people wouldn't know that game existed if not for them.
0: And even if they knew it existed, I personally wouldn't have bought it even if I had mm-hmm. known it existed without like watching streamers play it and being like so entertained by it. And that's why feel like-, like the shift in marketing is so weird because it used to be that I would sit and watch like press conferences from Sony, Microsoft, whoever. And that's how I would pick and choose what games that year I was going to play. Now it's gone to what games are at the top of Twitch because those ones must be the most interesting. And I watch people play them and then I say, oh, this looks like fun, I'm gonna pick this up. Or sometimes I scroll down on Twitch to find games I haven't heard of that are a little bit more niche because I like niche games too.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think think part of it too is like with streamers, you're getting a more honest depiction of, of the game compared to a press conference or a gameplay reveal or an advertisement where they try to spruce it up and hype it up and make it look like something it's not. Whereas the developers do kind of take a gamble because if the game is shit or not interesting, um, it won't take off and it, it could actually <laughs> hurt the game. Um, but if you make a genuinely good game like fall guys, um, and give it to streamers, and they like it. And now all of a sudden, you're captivating, you know, five hundred thousand people with Tim the Tap Man. Um, it it exposes people to the experience that you're trying to show them that you couldn't normally give them with just a regular advertisement. Yeah, absolutely. It's a more honest way to showcase the game.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. Is that it's like way more honest. It is bare bones. This is what you get marketing. which i think transparency is becoming the new marketing meta like people want to know what's going on people want to know what a company and what a game is about like look at uh clothing brands a lot of large clothing brands now have causes that they donate a portion of their profits to and they're very Mm -hmm. transparent and open about that um they Mm -hmm. show you their values because that's what people want to see now it used to be people cared about quality and that kind of stuff before they cared about anything else and now people want to know just as much about what your company is about as much as they want to know how good is your product. If you make a crap product, of course, like if you're a terrible streamer, it doesn't matter what you're about, no one's going to watch. But if you make like an excellent product, if you make Mm -hmm. like the best shirt in the world and your company stands for something good, you are just set up to do well in this current world. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, think something that's going to be interesting too is... um, Right now, Twitch is is super focused on like gaming, with the exception of like just chatting, and most of the marketing is is for gaming. You get you get the occasional like odds and ends, like um, uh, like uh, Dr. Lupo like uh, does advertisements for like Gillette and stuff like that. Um, but I'm kind of curious with the future of marketing through streamers. What other products are we going to see, or is it the focus always going to be on gaming? are we going to see them using other products that get just as much attention as, like, Fall Guys?
0: I would say that probably. Like, yeah, when I think about certain like that. games that are coming out, like Elden Ring, the new uh, From Software George R.R. Martin crossover game, mm-hmm. like, Peeve's going to play it. When Peeve plays Dark Souls or any game from From... His viewership goes up ten times. He is the guy for that. Plus, so, every just, streamer George, George, will be playing that.
1: George Martin, is that like um, Game of game Thrones? Thrones, yeah. Same universe?
0: Uh, I don't believe it's the same universe. I think it's just he's oh. helping with the story writing of the game.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: And then From is handling the uh, the gameplay of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, something like that is going to get the attention of streamers because George mm-hmm. R. R. Martin, huge name. Um, there's yeah. nothing that's known about the game right now. I wouldn't be surprised if the first time we see it is streamers playing an early access version of it or something, mm-hmm. because if the big streamers play it, more people are going to see it. People are going to stop to watch big streamers. Whereas now we are like, everyone's running ad block on YouTube anyway. So no one's going to see your ad. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why advertising has shifted to where a lot of companies are spending more of their marketing budget with content creators than they are on like TV ads Because TV ads don't work nearly as well than with content creators. And Casey Neistat has talked about this concept a lot, is that, you know, when he did a big deal with Samsung, Samsung gets more marketing and more effective marketing from working with people like Peter McKinnon, Casey Neistat, uh, Matty Hapoya, than they do running TV ads. Why? Because no one watches commercials on TV anymore.
1: We all stream our shows. Yeah. Yeah. I Actually, if I'm checking out a game that I don't have yet, um, like Escape from Tarkov, uh, I'll watch it on Twitch before I do on YouTube because even on YouTube, right? Like, um,
0: you get the best parts of it.
1: You get the best parts. They take out all the boring bits or all the bad bits because they're trying to deliver content. Unless they're doing some kind of like review. Um, I prefer to watch Twitch when I'm checking out a game because then I get to see the the boring parts or the bad parts. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it is it can be a risk if you have a shitty game. To market with content creators um but i think that honesty is is really refreshing because because it is kind of it's vulnerable it's a vulnerable moment for the for the developers and the publishers um but i think that's more effective than like you said commercials because no one's watching commercials no one's watching an ad even if they have ad block on they're gonna skip it as soon as they can on youtube um Whereas watching it on Twitch, you get the full experience and they're already engaged because those are already their favorite streamers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My man. Well, anyways, hide, you know, it's been a really good conversation we've had today. It's been a little bit of a shorter episode, but, Oh wait, we're not done. I just debated everyone listening. Oh, we have another thing to talk about. This thing is Epic. This is like, I'm just going to preface this by saying I am a Batman fanboy.
1: Yes. Like DC, coming out was so much
0: stuff, dude. It's insane. It was like back to back to back to back to back.
1: What do we got? We got we got Gotham Knights, the video game. We Suicide, got Suicide Squad. Squad, the video game. We it's have a, Wow-ry a new skin. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be an MMO where you kill the entire Justice League or capture the entire Justice League. And like the. You're going to throw
0: green rocks at Superman.
1: Essentially. (laughs) It looks really cool. And I'm really proud of Warner Brothers for finally having the balls to do Batman games without Batman, if that makes sense. Because they've been so focused on Arkham Knight and that that whole series. So they had, what, four titles? They had. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, and Arkham Origins. And then a bunch of like handheld spinoffs. And they're all Batman. I'm glad they have the balls to do something else other than that. And then, um, so we have those two games. And then we have a new Suicide Squad movie that kept Margot Robbie. Yes, Queen. Um, We have Wonder Woman. We have the new Batman movie, which looks awesome. They actually pumped that trailer out. And production isn't even done yet um, due to coronavirus. So that movie isn't even done filming yet. It's probably going to be a minute. And I'm I'm digging the look of Robert Pattinson as Batman. like Younger, edgier, um, not quite as seasoned. I kind of like what they're going for. Um, and then I already said the new Wonder Woman movie. And then we have the Snyder Cut coming out on HBO Max, I think, early next year. And that's going to be like four hours long, which I'm super hyped to hear. Because I thought it was just going to be like a re-edited cut version of the original release, the theatrical cut, but it sounds like they're actually putting in a lot of like new scenes into it. So I'm super excited for that. Like DC's just like dropping all this stuff.
0: Yeah. And- DC's like starting to ramp it up. Like Marvel did leading up to Avengers mm-hmm. where they're like starting to really build out their universe and getting, uh, getting every like important character, some level their of own- exposure. Of course,
1: That was was the mistake early on with the DCEU, right? Because think about how Marvel did it. They spent 10 years before they came out with, like, um, Infinity War. Whereas DC, they were, like, uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, (laughs) Wonder Woman. It was like, why are you guys releasing it in that order? Like, I don't care about those characters yet. And so I like that they're kind of taking a moment to like take a step back and reset and do more standalone films and games so we can actually get to know and love these characters.
0: Yeah, but DC's also like doubling down on the fact that Batman is their is their like money maker, Because you have to yeah, think, you know, they, know they did Gotham and Gotham was an incredible show start to finish. Love that Joker show. was an amazing like cinematic experience of a movie. That was not mm-hmm. just a movie. That was a roller coaster ride of cinema. That was masterful. The mm-hmm. actor that played Joker was amazing. The, the universe of- and the world that they set up was amazing. Like, everything about it was good. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, all great games. Now they have the new uh, games coming out Gotham
1: Knights. And, yeah. and they're dipping into the comics, too, because I think. Um... I think the Robin in that one is Damian Wayne, because the Robin for the last one was Tim Drake, and he was like a grown ass man and he was bald. This one's like a kid, and he has the short hair and he has the he has the Damian Wayne style Robin like cowl outfit. Plus,
0: night I saw glimpses of Nightwing again.
1: Nightwing's back, and Nightwing and was the
0: original Will. Robin.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Dick Grayson, and then Jason Todd is Red Hood. So it's like. It it gives me... Have you seen Umbrella Academy on Netflix yet?
0: Yeah, Gerard Way's show.
1: It gives me heavy Umbrella Academy vibes. Which isn't a
0: bad thing because Umbrella Academy was incredible.
1: So you have like the father figure master that did, right? Like Batman. And now you have like the dysfunctional kids trying to like save the world. I like the vibe they're going for.
0: It's almost like, you know... I've always wanted them to go back and do more with Teen Titans because I feel like Teen Titans was left up to be... um, more cartoons it was more for kids but teen titans does have like serious personas of those characters that they could tap into that they just haven't really they did with uh, the injustice games but i think they could just do so much more with it and i'm starting to feel like they're leaning towards that
1: did you ever see the live action Teen titans on dc the streaming website before i think i think they're abandoning that i think they're switching to hbo max did you ever see that i did not i I didn't even know that was a thing oh yeah, it li- Oh, you didn't? Li- Live Action Teen Titans. It's a little cheesy, but it's really good. And it's like R-rated. Like Robin is not like a kid. Like he like beats up all these thugs. And he's like, uh, he's like, you're not Batman. And Robin's like, fuck Batman. And like breaks his neck and shit. Like it's really cool.
0: Um, oh, damn. So like it, it goes good. hardcore. And then that means yeah. that like Raven was one of my favorite characters in the Teen Titans saga. Like, she can serene. be like extra edgelord.
1: Oh yeah, she is. She's like eviscerating people because like they, they they don't just push like magic. She's like a demon like possessed kind of chick. So yeah. they, they, they go hard in the pain on that. And I like the way they depict Batman because we always see Batman through his perspective, but in that show they were clearly inspired by like horror movies. So he's depicted as like a monster, right? Like you never see him super clearly. It's always like fleeting glimpses of him just like pulling people in the dark and screaming and wild gunfire. He's, he's like a, a horror monster. I like the depiction of Batman in that.
0: Right, because Batman has always been a very like, he's an anti-hero almost. He, he, he's,
1: he's supposed to be the boogeyman for the criminal underground. And it's hard to portray that. When he's John Wick. Are, yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um, Baba Yaga. He's supposed to be the boogeyman for the criminal underground. Um, but it's hard to portray that when he's always the protagonist every time we see him. But he's not the protagonist in Teen Titans. He's actually kind of like an antagonist in a way. Because um, him and the Titans clash all the time.
0: Yeah, which, you know, would kind of lean towards comics history. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited and stoked for... All the DC stuff that's coming out. Like, I can't wait. As a DC
0: love... fanboy, like, I say I'm a Batman got... fanboy, but I love DC way more than Marvel.
1: Right now, right? Huh? You got Joker you right now, right? Yeah, he's up there. I can see your webcam, but I know he's back there.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, for someone who's a DC fanboy like me, not just Batman, Batman's, of course, my favorite. That's what I grew up on. I've always preferred DC over Marvel just because I always liked the darker tones that DC took with their with their content, with their yeah. comics and with their shows and movies and such.
1: And I feel like they have more real world implications than um than Marvel does.
0: Marvel just uh, gets over the top ridiculous with it sometimes. Yeah,
1: it gets a little
0: I am crazy. really excited though to see how DC handles uh John Jones the Martian Manhunter.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but I think they'll pull it off.
0: It's go- it's going to sure be that. alien. It's going to be an alien movie essentially. Uh,
1: I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be better than fucking Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't... That was, that, was, that was
0: bad. Listen, man, to, I said this in my video earlier, by the way, uh, youtube.com slash a bunch of numbers because I'm not at 100 subs yet. Um, <laughs> listen, as a fanboy, I'm looking into the camera as I say this for a reason. We do not talk about the bad things. We only talk <laughs> about the good, and we ignore the bad and pretend that doesn't exist, and that's how you be a good fanboy. You know, you Xbox boys were good at it when Red Ring of Death existed. Oh, it's only half the things. It's not that bad. There's only half of the systems out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? We don't talk about the Green Lantern movie. That didn't actually happen.
1: We forget about it.
0: We only talk about Dark Knight. Just kidding. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Did you ever read, I know some of our chat may be getting lost in this, but did you ever read uh, The Dark Batman? Did you ever read that arc? Or the Batman who laughs.
0: Uh, so I like started it, and then I got distracted because that was a dark time of my life. <laughs> Fair
1: enough. That's some of the newer stuff that came out shortly during and after the rebirth, reboot of DC, and that's like the alternate universe stuff. Like, what if Batman went bad? So it's like different versions, and they're usually a Magal. i don't know how to say the word—a magilations of him and other characters. Like, obviously, the titular one, the Batman who laughs, is is him and Joker like where yeah. batman finally goes over the edge and like kills joker but apparently he had like this these toxins in his body or some shit that like infected batman and like the toxins slowly turn him into joker
0: yeah um, or there's and, the one where superman's an evil russian
1: there's always yeah. that there's always yeah.
0: that universe too
1: that universe is cool um where his his pod lands somewhere else there's another one where uh i really liked it where it was like the green lantern dies so um the same night that bruce wayne's parents are killed so the ring is looking for someone uh to attach itself to and it finds bruce wayne and he uses the ring to kill joe chill and he like corrupts the ring like he he breaks it from being um a green ring to like a a yellow ring yeah
0: which the yellow rings are a thing too in the dc universe There are villains with yellow rings.
1: There's there's blue, green, yellow, red. Yellow is fear. I think red is like wrath or anger. Yeah. Um, Green is will. I don't know what blue is. What are you doing, Happy? I think we're going to have to cut this short. I need to let Happy out. (laughs) (laughs) You're good, man. Listen, everyone,
0: whether you're listening on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening to, we really appreciate you so much. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't have any sponsors. We're working on that part of this. Uh, We have some things in the works. Uh, We might be sponsoring ourselves soon. That's a hint that I can tell you.
1: Just sub to us on Twitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Drop your follows, drop your subs, whatever you're going to do. We appreciate you regardless. Thank you so much for being here. I've been Air the Casual. That man over there usually with the beautiful beard, but now with the baby face, has been hide unleashed. We will catch you guys soon. Thank you so much. Peace. Bye.